find a copy of God's Word this morning and turn to Psalm 34. Psalm 34, as we look at this one verse together this morning, Psalm 34, 8. And this morning as we come to this place, I want to challenge you to think about some of the greatest experiences you've had in your life. And they could relate to uh, the family context, they could relate to the church context, they could be in the business world, they could be out in the sports field, whatever it was. I want you to think about some of the greatest experiences that you've ever had. Some of you probably naturally think maybe to your wedding date or perhaps to that first time that you held that son or that daughter. Some of you probably can think about those moments and they are seared in your mind. And you can think about the joy and the happiness that you had. There are some other great moments. As I said, it could be as uh, you're thinking about your playing of sports, how you hit the game-winning shot maybe at the end of that game, or how you made your first basket, or how, how you just contributed to the team. And those were great times. Perhaps it was in ministry, maybe on a mission field. Uh, some great moments that you reflect of just spending time with your brothers and sisters in Christ and ministering in your own way in a different culture, in a different nation. I was thinking about that this morning. Um, of course, we have about six of our folks who are there in Nicaragua today, and they are ministering. And while they are here, we have one of our translators that we have used many times, and one of our dear friends, uh, Jocelyn, is here with us this morning. And you can't see her in the gathering, but, and you really can't see her here in the sanctuary because she is up in the nosebleed section, all right? It's not a bad seat, but she's here this morning. I was thinking about the first time, for example, that I was in Nicaragua. And uh, Jocelyn, you were what, about eight at that time? And you're what, about 20 now? 18, all right. You, you look like you're 20 already. And how she took care of us and how we ministered. And that was one of the great moments. Some of you have been in Nicaragua. You can, you can somehow identify with that. There are so many great experiences that God allows us to have in this life. Whether it's within the family, whether it's within the church, whether it's in just this wider context of ministry or even out in the community. God allows us to experience these great moments. And we ought to praise Him for those times. But I want you to know... As I read the scripture and as I hear David in this testimony that he gives, the greatest experience that we could ever have is in God himself. The greatest experience in life that we can find is through Jesus Christ. I want you to hear the way David voices this. It's one of my favorite verses in all of the scripture. It's one of the most beautiful invitations to God. This is what David says. David says in Psalm 34, 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Listen to that invitation. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. David here uses this sensory language, the idea of tasting and seeing. You know, when we're able to use our senses to be able to taste or see or hear or smell, when, when we're able to think about something in those experiential terms, we're able to truly know it. We're truly able to perceive it and take it into our lives. So listen to what David says. David says, I want you to taste and see that the Lord is good. What he is saying basically 
is that I want you to experience the goodness and the graciousness and the work of God. I want you to experience it for yourselves. Have you ever experienced something before and you just wanted other people to try it out? I, I mean, maybe it was sitting down at a meal and you, you taste this wonderful dish and you... Uh, you just, you just fell in love with it, right? Now, I know some of you don't fall in dishes, into love with dishes like I do, but maybe you just fell in love with it. It was awesome. It was one of the best things you had ever tasted. And what did you automatically do? Hey, you got to try this. You, you, you need, come on, come on. You just need to try this. We were um, there in Picayune, and uh, God gave us uh, many friends and a great work as we pit, uh, pastored that a church there, and uh, some of our greatest friends uh, that were there were named the Childs, the last name Childs, and we were able to go up to uh, their house and we were able to eat with them. Now, Mr. Grover and Miss Lorraine, um, they were probably in their 70s at that time, and uh, they just knew how to treat the preacher. You know what I'm talking about? You've met these folks before, and they would feed me almost daily it was it was rather embarrassing for Leslie not for me but for Leslie it was rather embarrassing that I would make the trip up to Mr. Grover's and Miss Lorraine's at least three times a week sometimes five times a week and I have been known to eat breakfast lunch and dinner with them all at the same time in the same day promise you not exaggerating at all but I would pull up to her table. I've always described Miss Lorraine's table as heaven's table. You know what I'm talking about? I would pull up and, you know, I wanted to try everything that was there. But Mr. Grover, he would sit at the head of the table. And Mr. Grover would insist on us trying certain things. As a matter of fact, when we moved to Picayune, Leslie did not eat tomatoes. But after he force-fed her so many tomatoes, she does like them this day. Yeah, I mean, it does happen, by the way. But he would just insist, here, try this, Brother Reg, try this. Under because he wanted us to enjoy and to taste. Then you've been there before as you've enjoyed these meals or, or other incidents, other events in your life, and you just invite somebody in to try that experience. That's what David is doing. David says, hey, I've experienced God, and I want you to come in, and I want you to experience him as well. I want you to experience his goodness and his graciousness. In our relationship to God, we should know the experience of that goodness and that graciousness. We should experience Him in our lives. Sometimes I'm concerned, especially within our Southern Baptist circles today, that we have forgotten the experiential nature of our relationship with God. Now, what do, you, what do I mean by that? And hear me out this morning. Sometimes I believe we have forgotten that God's relationship with us is to be fresh and new. It is to be vibrant. It is, it is to be vital to our lives. I think we have been good over the years for standing for the truth. I think we have been good in expressing our doctrinal stances. And understand, I am very proud to be Southern Baptist because of our truth and because of our stand for these doctrinal issues 
that have confronted us today. I'm very proud of that. And listen, doctrine is paramount to who we are. We need to know who, what we believe, and we need to believe the truth of Scripture. But the truth of Scripture is not abstract from everyday life. The truth, that what we believe, should not be just cold, hard facts in our lives. That which we express should not be some distant kind of truth to us. But rather, the doctrine, the belief, the trust that we have in God, it should be something that is vibrant in our life. It should be something that will set our hearts on fire as we hear God's truth. It is the living, piercing word of God to us. And it brings vitality. I believe that it is possible to be doctrinally sound and spiritually vibrant at the same time. Don't you? I believe it is certainly fine for, and essential for us to believe the right things, but it is also essential for us to live in relationship with Christ. What I'm saying is, we shouldn't just know about God, we should know God. And there is a distinct difference. Many people today can know of God. They can talk about His characteristics, His attributes. They can talk about the right doctrine, the right truth. But have we truly known Him, fallen in love with Him? Have we certainly experienced that relationship with Him? David, he could speak out of the experience that he had had with God. And he could invite other people to join in that experience as well. There are some things in life that you cannot truly know unless you experience those things. We all know. We all understand that. There are some things in life that we cannot fully know, we cannot fully comprehend unless we have experienced it. I remember when I would go off on those youth trips when I was at Blue Springs Baptist Church, we would find some different places during the summer. We would take our youth and, you know, sometimes we would go and we would try to do a little bit of ministry. And then on the side, we would also try to have some good times. Like uh, we went to Atlanta all the time because our pastor's wife was an Atlanta Braves fan. I don't know why she had fallen short of the glory of God, but she had in that... She was an Atlanta Braves fan. And we would go over to Atlanta. We'd watch a game or we'd do some, some fun things together. Something we often did in Atlanta was to go to Six Flags. And um, I remember my first time at Six Flags. And, and I came from a family where we didn't really go on a whole lot of vacations. We didn't really experience the amusement park, the theme park kind of deal. We just, we just didn't do that. Um, so this was one of my first times ever uh, to go into an amusement park and to see certain things like this. And when I went in, I saw this, I guess they called it a ride. But it was like almost six stories high. Probably for me, it looked 15 stories high. And what I was told is that you get on the top of that thing, you actually get in an elevator and they take you all the way up and then they just drop you. Sounds fun, right? 
I said, are you kidding me? They said, no. I, I, I have a little bit of fear of heights. I mean, I, I can climb up into a deer stand, but I like to do it uh, in the morning when it's still dark so I can't see the ground. And I like to just stay there all day until it gets dark so I crawl back down so I don't see the ground. <laughs> but they said, you know, you, you, you get up in this, it'll take you up, and then it'll drop you. You, you sit there for just a few seconds, and then, then you come down. I said, oh, goodness gracious. Now, you know, the youth, they began messing with me about how I was scared about things. I wouldn't go up. And, you know, as a guy, you just got to prove yourself sometime. And I finally decided I would go up into that ride. I think it was called the free fall or something like that. So I went up into the ride. And I remember going up. And those few seconds that, that I was there on top just stopped where I could look out and I could see different things. It seemed like an eternity, Right? And I confessed every sin that I had ever done in my life. The youth, they heard everything that I had ever done. And I just asked God if he would get me off that ride and deliver me at that moment. I, I, I'd never, never do those things again. I mean, I remember that distinctly. I came down. Of course, afterwards, you know, <clears throat> I kind of walked around like I did it, you know. And I just made the youth be quiet about what they heard there on top. You know, I threatened them. And, uh, but it was the experience, like I had gone up and I had experienced it. And now, I, knew, I mean, I could look at that all day long. I could tell you that it looked, that it looked like a thrill. <laughs> I could tell you that it looked tremendous. But when I got into it, I went all the way up. And then I came back down, I could experience that exhilaration. And now, of course, I've fallen in love with some of these things. And now we've graduated to Disney World some in our family and enjoyed those kind of rides. And... But you don't know those things unless you experience those things, right? And listen, I think that's a little bit of what David is saying. David said, you need to taste for yourself. You need to see for yourself that this God that we serve, that He is good. You need to experience Him in your life. And that experience, when you have tasted him, when you have seen him, that experience should have an abiding consequence for the rest of your life. For every day that you walk before him, that experience should totally change who you are. And every day as you experience him more, he will grow you into the image of the Son. I believe that's what David is saying. Think about the experiential nature of the relationship that God has called you to, to have with Him. And think about those that were changed by these experiences and how those experiences with God, well, really how those experiences so move them in their lives and in their ministry. Think just a moment for Moses. Preaching about Moses on Wednesday night during our Bible studies, I've been reading of course, as we've started reading through the Bible this year and listening to Moses and his ministry and his life, remember, here Moses, at the age of 80, is on the backside of the desert, probably thinking this is all God has for him in life, probably thinking that, you know, about those days in Egypt, but now resigned to the days in the desert, going about his everyday life. And what does God do? God speaks through a burning bush. A burning bush. 
God speaks to him and God declares his identity. God says, I am that I am. I will cause to be what I will cause to be. I am God. And in that moment where Moses has to remove his shoes, where he understands the holiness of God and the presence of God, in that moment, Moses is changed and transformed. And that experience will dictate his destiny. He will never be able to remove himself from the experience that he had with this consuming God that he had come face to face with. Think about Paul. Paul. Paul, the guy that was on the road to apprehend Christians. Paul, that was so opposed to the gospel, so opposed to Christ, that he was trying to persecute the early church. And what happened? Well, he had a, he had a moment with God. Jesus Christ met him face to face on that road to Damascus. And Paul was changed. Dr. Luke, Luke, who writes the book of Acts, who records this orderly history of the church and the movement of the gospel, three times Luke records Paul's testimony. Three times. Now, Luke knew he had to be somewhat concise. He had to summarize some things in the church, and he couldn't tell us all about every event that ever happened in that early church. But Luke decided, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, to include the testimony of Paul three times. Why? Because that experience that Paul had on the Damascus Road totally transformed him. And it moved him to his mission and his ministry. And while our salvation experience in particular does not have to be as dramatic as Paul's. It should be just as real. Let me tell you that my salvation experience was not as dramatic. I did not see uh, this great bolt of lightning from heaven. I did not hear the voice of God audibly speaking out of heaven. But let me tell you this day that God saved me just as much at Birmingham Ridge Baptist Church many years ago as he did Paul on the Damascus Road. And it has changed my life. And that experience with God, knowing God, not just knowing about Him. Beforehand, I had known about Him. I heard the preacher talk about the love of God. I heard the preacher talk about the truth of God. I heard the preacher pick up the Bible and, and talk about all these different characteristics, the holiness, the greatness, all of the different things. But it was on that day when I trusted Him and gave my life to Him that I truly experienced Him for the first time. And listen, that experience I never got over. And that experience continues in my life today. And I think that's what David says. David says, I've experienced it. And because of that, I want other people to know. I want other people to come and to taste and to see. Dr. Bob Hamlin, who taught at New Orleans Seminary for some time, who worked at what was the Home Mission Board, now the North American Mission Board. Bob Hamlin who had a great influence upon my idea of evangelism and life, he reminded me one time that all of those early disciples, every one of them that you see in the book of Acts, they were intent on taking the message of Christ 
because they had been changed by the message of Christ themselves. They were focused. They were laser focused on declaring the greatness, the good news of Jesus Christ. Why? Because they had been changed by that same good news. They had come face to face with Christ and it had made such a difference in their life that they just naturally went out and shared the good news. What I say to you is that too often in our churches today, we have a clinical relationship with God and not a personal relationship with God. What do I mean by that? I mean that we have all of the knowledge and, and, and we have all of the right doctrine in place. But instead of allowing those things to touch our hearts and our lives, we have kept our distance. David says, Oh, taste and see. Experience him. The Lord is good. Now let me say this. When you hear David's words here, this invitation to come and to experience God, he also reminds us that our experience with God comes through faith and trust. Notice he says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You come and you try him out and you see the goodness of God. And then he says, blessed is the man, blessed is the man who trusts in him. In other words, for us to experience God, we've got to have faith and trust in him every day. It's, it's a daily act of dependence upon him. If you go back to the beginning of this psalm, you will note, according to the heading, that David wrote this psalm and that he wrote it at a very difficult time of his life. We're told that this follows his deliverance from this Philistine king, King Achish. 1 Samuel chapter 21. You ought to go read it and look at that story. What's David doing? Well, David's on the run from Saul, first of all. I mean, he's trying to get away from Saul who intends to kill him. So here you are, the target of the king of Israel. You are the target of the ruler of Israel. You're on the run, okay? You're on the run, first of all. Number two, you are in this Philistine kind of country. You're removed from the land of your ancestors. You're in the Philistine country. This king, well, he is intent on killing you out there. So look, if you stay at home, if you go away, somebody wants to kill you. It's a great predicament to be in, right? There's David. So what does David do? He feigns this madness. He acts like he has these mental issues. He begins to scratch on the doors. He begins to, he begins to allow the spittle to gather around his beard, it says. He begins to act mad. So what does the king of the Philistines in this area do? He basically says, get this guy away from me. I thought you all said this was a warrior, and here he is. We don't need another madman here. He said, you, you remove him. And then he continues fleeing. So after this event in David's life, 
David writes this song. After he recognizes that he's on the run, after he recognizes that he has to play a madman to get away from this Philistine king, he writes the words, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, see, some of you, if you were to read this and you were to understand that event, you probably would say, Well, you know what? David did have some issues, didn't he? Because nobody in his right mind would be asking people to join him, especially in an experience with God, under these circumstances. I mean, how could David, on the run, finding all kind of hostility around him, how could David say, hey, you need to come and experience God? Because it did not matter the circumstance that David found himself in. David knew that the God of the universe had been good to him, continued to demonstrate goodness in his life and deliverance. And even in those difficult circumstances, David experienced God. A few years ago, um, there was a book, a study that was written. Some of you went through that study called Experiencing God. Remember that study? I went back to try to find the date see when it was actually authored again by Henry Blackaby. I believe it was around 1990. Does that make any of you feel old? 1990. Began to set in context for me those studies that I had when I was a youth, when even later on I would lead people through those experiencing God studies. I, I will say to you that that study made as much difference in my life probably as any other discipleship study I've ever been through. It, it was just a tremendous resource for me, and it helped me to uh, see God's activity around me and God's work and, and how he was calling me to be a part of that work and for me to look at the different areas to see that activity so I could join him. You remember this terminology? One of those... One of those studies that Henry Blackaby had presented in Experiencing God, one of those exercises in particular, it asked you to think about the names of God and how you experience God through those names. That exercise in particular just changed the way I looked at things. As I would somehow take that title for God or that name of God and I would try to envision how I could experience God through that role, through that relationship. For example, for David here, he experiences God, in this case, as the deliverer. The one who delivers. You see, you're not always going to experience God just in the joyful and great moments of life. Oh, you will. I mean, the goodness of God will be, will be evident through those powerful, joyful moments. But listen to me. The experience of God is just as real when you go through the most difficult, desperate times of life as well. And here David is. David is hiding in caves. David is having a feign madness. And in this moment, 
David experiences God as the great deliverer, the one who is there for him, he experiences him. And all of us could take some of those names. We could talk about how we've experienced God as the father of our lives. We could talk about how God has demonstrated himself as the comforter, the healer. We could talk about those experiences. Sometimes we see those names defined for us and we see those names demonstrated in our life. Maybe, maybe even through a single type of event or a series of events. About four years ago, my fourth and last child was born. I don't know if you got that last. <laughs> Ainsley. She was born. Everything went well. Uh, we came home from the hospital. Um, within just a few days, though, after that, we had to go back to the hospital. Leslie had had some complications. Uh, of course, you can imagine the difficulty and the lack of rest you have when a child comes into this world the parents do and then so you're running a little bit on adrenaline as much as you can because you're not not had enough rest and now you're back in to the hospital and thankfully my mother-in-law was here and she was helping out and taking care of some things but there was a lot of uncertainty of what was going on uh, talked to different doctors so we had been in there a few days and uh, I remember walking out in front of a woman's hospital and uh, sitting down on a bench and uh, my sister calling me and saying, Hey, Reggie, just want you to know that uh, Granny died today. My grandmother had passed away. And I said, on that bench that day, I said, God, I mean, come on. I mean, I, God, we're here in the hospital. We've got all this stuff going on. And, and God, now my grandmother who raised me, who took care of me, now she's passed. God, what are you doing? And I remember distinctly through those moments of my life, through the moments of my family's life, that we could experience the comfort of God and the peace of God. And it was through those times that I truly knew Him as the comforter. Beforehand, I would have never been able to tell you, yes, I knew that God was the comforter. I knew what preachers said. I knew what I'd preached. But it was something about that experience at that moment, at that time, that I could experience the comfort and the peace of God that was unlike any other. And today it is one of those days where I can say that even in those difficult times, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, taste and see for yourself. Experience that goodness. Put, but, but it comes, my friends, through faith and trust in Him. Blessed is the man who trusts. It's through those most difficult times that you have to adopt an attitude of dependence to recognize that there's nothing you can do, Right? I don't know if you've recognized that in your life yet, but maybe you ought to just go ahead and do it because it's going to come around. There are sometimes you can't do anything about it. It's hard to admit that, isn't it? But there are some moments that come in your life that, that there's nothing physically, there's nothing mentally, there's nothing you can do about it. 
But just the moment when you recognize there's nothing you can do about it is the moment when God shows you what He can do in your life about it. That is what is tremendous and wonderful. It's when you go through those moments, God demonstrates Himself even, even in a bigger and more marvelous way than you could ever imagine. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And that you only experience Him through that faith and trust and absolute dependence upon Him. I would encourage you, maybe even this day, maybe even this day, go home, begin to write down some of the names or titles you've heard for Jesus, that you've heard for the Father, that you've heard for the Spirit. Just write those down for a moment. Maybe just in a quiet time, this evening maybe before you go to bed, just write some of those down. If you need a little help, Google it. Right? Just, go, just say names of God. Just, just do that. Just get that. Just get a list. Look at Maybe pour through some of the scripture. Just take those names and go before God and say, God, help me as I reflect upon how I've experienced you as the Father, as the Comforter, as the Almighty, as the Refuge, as the peace, as the shield. God, help me to recognize you as the morning star, as the light of my life. God, help me to recognize and experience you. Lord, help me experience you as the resurrection and the life right now. Lord, help me to recognize you as the authority, as the spirit of truth. God, help me to recognize you as the King of kings. And the Lord of Lords. Help me to experience that in my life. So that I can go out with such a burden and such a passion. That I can invite others. Out of my own experience that I can go to others and say come taste and see that the Lord himself is good. And then I believe we will see that blessing in our lives. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Blessing, well, the biblical definition of blessing is this idea of contentment and joy. Maybe not the happiness that we think about based upon emotions or circumstances. It is a joy that is based upon the character of God and our relationship with Him. It is a joy that is present no matter what the circumstances are. Blessing as we experience Him in our lives. The simple invitation to us today, no matter who we are, is to taste and see that the Lord is good. If you've not experienced Him as Savior, my friend, today you can. Jesus Christ is Savior. Those of you who have today, don't stop just knowing Him as the Savior. Know Him in truth. Know Him in fullness and know how He meets your needs, how He wants to grow you. Know Him today in the depth of that relationship He has begun with you. Let's pray together. Father, first of all, thank You. Thank You that You 
have revealed yourself to us in such ways. For Father, apart from that revelation, we would never know who you truly are. But God, thank you. And God, this day, I pray first of all that all of those of us who are here who have been convicted by the Holy Spirit, that Lord, all of us will have experienced you as Savior of our lives. Father, I pray that that was such a change and transformation. That it has affected everything about who we are and what we are. And Father, I pray for those of us who have been saved, that, Lord, we would continue to grow in that relationship and know you in a more intimate way. God, help us go from this place and invite others to come and to taste and to see what God is doing to experience God. God, move among our congregation right now in this holy moment, in this time. Speak to us and help us to respond with courage and commitment. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.